You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We are doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And per usual, getting started before I'm fully ready. That's kind of how I op- operate sometimes. I'm like, let's just get into it, forgetting there's certain things I have to do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, so we are going to get into, obviously, the, I, I don't know if I want to say surprising departure of Josh Gaddis. Um, I don't necessarily think it's 100% surprising. Is it ideal? Not necessarily. But we'll talk about uh, about it, right? We'll talk about... Uh, it's kind of a weird thing to me that there are so many upset people. Because it's kind of like the Jim Harbaugh thing in a way. Where it's like a lot of the people I feel whose voice is raised the loudest when it comes to this are the ones that wanted him gone after 2020. And I think he was on thin ice coming out of 2020 and obviously did quite well in 2021 uh, Michigan suddenly had one of the top offenses in the country. It was really dynamic and diverse, but it took a lot of the year to get there. Uh, and certainly after the Rutgers game this year, no one was clamoring to keep Josh Gaddis as the off- offensive coordinator. Um, uh, I obviously am disappointed in the sense that he was uh, a pleasure to work with. Uh, certainly from a personal standpoint, uh, I felt that uh, he, he, you can make of that what you will, but uh, it, it's it's disheartening in that sense. But it's not a good look the way he kind of exited. And I know he didn't intend necessarily for his text message to get out to the general public, but it it's bound to happen, especially if you're bad mouthing kind of the the school that the players are still a part of it's probably not going to be a good thing for you. You know what I mean? So it is not the greatest thing. So let's get into all of it. Uh, Number one, obviously, he's just leaving for Miami. A lot of people have pointed out that that is a lateral move at best. And some people get a lot of consternation from it and say, like, that's a bad look. I would implore you to think of it in a different way in the sense of when a coach leaves and they take a position, that same position elsewhere, and it's not like as prestigious of a location, which unfortunately for the U, which a lot of you, my regular listeners and or watchers might know, that's my adopted number two team. That's, uh, that should tell you something. And I, I, I'm not meaning to just, I'm not saying this to disparage, uh, disparage some other coaches because uh Mike Zordich was long one of my favorites I still talk to Ed Warner uh so it it, it's that's not to disparage them but when you don't get a promotion especially if you're in the case of Josh Gaddis where you were thought of as a head coach if not necessarily in waiting at Michigan it seems pretty clear that that was not the case based off of his text but if it seems like, all right, you're gonna, I'm going to be the head coach somewhere. And 
I'm going to go start over with a rebuild project like in Miami, that should tell you something because you don't think Josh Gaddis wants to run it back in a way with pretty much his entire same offense for another year. I mean, that should kind of tell you that uh, this wasn't some, it's not, I'm not saying that he didn't leave on his own volition. I do think he did, but that Michigan wasn't exactly fighting to be like, no, please stay. We need you. So those things aren't ideal, you know, when it's uh, a situation where uh, you're about to become a head coach. It seems you interviewed at a place like Virginia. You were certainly uh, going to be one after this next year, if things went according to plan, but you go to a place that's a rebuild because that's essentially either you, you are going to, you're going to have to kill it right away or otherwise you're forestalling your own career progress. Uh, so I think that that should tell you what you need to know in the sense of if, if a guy is going to take it, you know, going to leave because Keep in mind, I'm not saying, again, I think he left of his own volition. I don't think Michigan was firing him by any stretch. I'm not even alluding to that. But if Michigan really wanted to keep him, then he probably would have stayed. And keeping in mind that Michigan doesn't really fire people either. Again, I'm not alluding. I know it sounds like I am. I'm just kind of thinking about the dynamics of what happens inside that building. Uh, So it's... uh. I don't think he was fired. Again, I want to reiterate that before people come at me and say, well, Isaiah is alluding to. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking out loud partially here. But it's uh, it's one of those things where if Michigan did, and this is what I am saying, if Michigan did want to keep him, uh, it would have kept him. You know? So it is what it is. And it's uh, it's disappointing now that you're you're working on two coordinators. But, hey, if Josh didn't want to be here, if he didn't want to be in Ann Arbor, then go and get some people who do. And it clearly, uh, they have their succession plan in mind. And uh, I, I'm not surprised, partially, because I think we talked about it this time, just about this time, actually, it was much later, this after spring ball last year, when the p- presumed offensive coordinator uh, ended up being hired. So we will get into that. Uh, but before we do... Uh, Bet online as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's continue this discussion of uh, of 
Josh Gaddis. I, I obviously don't have a ton to add in terms of what he did. We all know what he did in the sense of how, how this offense progressed. But it didn't look great in year one, and that's not his fault in my opinion. I mean, number one, it takes offenses a lot more time to gel than it does defenses. Number two, Shea Patterson got injured on the very first play from scrimmage against Middle Tennessee. I feel like you were starting to see a lot more of what what that offense had you know had an opportunity to present. Uh, and uh, number three, it, it it was a lot of learning. But at at the same time, I think that when you look at what this offense was this year, it did not look at all like what it started to look like in 2019. Not at all what it looked like in 2020. Very much. I mean, you can see the influence of a Mr. Matt Weiss, in my opinion, who came aboard as being the run game coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens. And Matt Weiss is the presumed offensive coordinator. It has not been announced, obviously, as of yet. Uh, I'm sure that it's not necessarily a done deal. And obviously, I'm checking whenever I get a notification on my phone, I'm checking to make sure because one of these, these types of things can break in a hurry. But uh, a heat. It seems like when, when you've got Sam Webb, Angelique Shangelis, Chris Ballas, all kind of pointing to the fact that Matt Weiss is going to be the guy, he's going to be the guy. But there's something we, that we talked about back last year in uh, April, May, whenever it was that Brian John Marie departed and Matt Weiss came aboard. Uh, I was saying Michigan was getting an offensive coordinator type in Matt Weiss, that he was maybe the most important higher of the entire cycle outside of whatever Mike McDonald was doing uh, because he, I think everyone kind of thought going into last year that Gaddis had one more year left. It just for a minute looked like, well, maybe it's two, but now it, it just feels like, all right, now you're starting to get into what the plan kind of probably was internally. If maybe not internally as much as inside Jim Harbaugh's head, you know, and uh, so now Michigan gets to it's going to move forward most likely with Matt Weiss, and I think it's it's evident in the sense of Michigan went back to a much more Harbaugh look in a lot of ways. You know, they went went to a little bit more of a, uh, you know, not a little bit more, but you know, very run heavy, lots of different dynamic uh, blocking schemes, and and not just keeping in mind they started getting away from this even last year at Warner, but. Uh, for a while, like I remember Ed Warner said, like, I run zone because zone can block anything. And then that's what he said in 2019, 2018, 2019, one of those years. And then by, uh, <laughs> by the, uh, by the end of his tenure, they're running zone, they're running man or, you know, they're doing power schemes, they're doing gap schemes, all these things. So then it all changes. And then they diversify even more. I don't think that that was necessarily a Josh Gaddis thing. That said, Josh Gaddis certainly in uh, 2019 and 2020 was running his own show. And I still think he was mostly running his own show but uh, in 2021. But things got diversified quite a bit. And some of that might have been out of the necessity after Ronnie Bell went down. But certainly they, they got away from, quote, speed and space. And we're doing it in a much, much different way. And they, it just it looked very similar to what you would see in Baltimore. Michigan and Baltimore certainly have had a synergy. 
when it's come to the way that these two programs have operated. And I mean, that's no mistake or secret given the Harbaugh brothers. But with that in mind, I don't think that the offense is going to lose a beat uh, based off of you're, you're keeping things somewhat intact. Now, I know that uh, I want to thank someone for sending me a screenshot of what Sam Webb said, which is also correlates exactly with what Chris Ballas said. It sounds like that the staff is going to look like this. Matt Weiss is offensive coordinator. Sharon Moore still is offensive line coach, co-offensive coordinator. Mike Hart, running backs coach, associate head coach. Uh, they're going to move Mike Hart, it sounds like, to the other side of the ball. And uh, Ron Bellamy coming in for wide receivers. And then uh, for tight ends, that uh, I'm not really – oh, Grant Newsom was the one that was bandied about. So – uh, not to share paywalled information, but considering that's two different people that have the same paywalled information, I'm going to go ahead and just do it there. Um, I don't have any personal insight as far as I didn't get that from anyone other than those. But with that in mind, that seems to be what your offensive staff looks like. And that's enough, right? That is, and, and I think, enough continuity based off of what they had last year. Because what you really wanted to keep is the scheme, which Matt White certainly will keep and maybe add to the scheme. Uh, and you want to keep uh, Sharon Moore in his same spot and Mike Hart in his same spot, assuming Mike Hart does indeed stay. Uh, because Angelique Shangelis did tweet on Sunday that he is get, getting some NFL interest. So that could certainly change things, but you hope that he stays at his alma mater. So with that in mind, I think that that... Still, I mean, it's not quite the same as literally having the band come back together as it felt like it was going to happen. It felt like there was only one loss going into the offseason, and that was going to be Sean Nua. But everyone, otherwise, everyone's the same. Everyone's back. But you know what? This is the nature of college football. And Gaddis leaving in general, I mean, it's kind of funny seeing the sky is falling, the chicken little type attitude that I saw on social media. Because the thing about it is, is it's something that happens at major programs all the time. It's Yes, it's rare that you have to hire a new offensive and defensive coordinator. If Jim Harbaugh had left, they were going to have to do that anyway. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, But you, you see the Alabamas uh, of the world have to do that all the time. Clemson has, hadn't had to until this year. They've managed to keep Tony Elliott and Brent Venables for a long time here. But uh, otherwise, I mean, you see it all the time. Georgia's going through it. And it's funny because you see the, the, the people who are handwringing, mostly rival fans, trying to sit there and say, like, yeah, but look at how Michigan's doing it. They, they had all this winning, and now people are leaving on bad terms. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, like, as long as the, the crew that's together is on the same page when the season actually starts – that's what matters. It doesn't matter of like, well, that guy left because he had a beef with head coach or administration or whatever it is. And doesn't sound like Gaddis had much of a anger thing with uh with Jim as much as it was you know where his pecking order in the potential of becoming Michigan's next head coach. Uh, not that it matters now that Jim's coming back, but it, it's just to me it doesn't matter. All that matters is are all the coaches that are together for the season, are they on the same page? And then are the players on the same page as them? That is the important thing. So, uh, 
I, I think that it's it's absolutely fine. I'm not trying to spin it. I'm not trying to make it into anything other than what it is. It's fine. It's and does it suck to lose a Broyles Award winner? Absolutely. But I'm also not going to pretend that as good as the offense ended up being last year, that it was and it was very dynamic, that it was Ohio State's offense. I'm not going to pretend that that was the case because it wasn't. Because when they when they went up against an extremely tough Georgia defense, there were no answers. So I'm not going to pretend that it was Alabama's offense, you know? So it, it's, it's not ideal, but it's fine. And now Michigan also does know in order to move ahead, do the, make the next step, if we can do that, there has to be changes. And I'm, again, not insinuating that Gaddis was pushed out. I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying that you needed to be able to push further into the bag. And Matt Weiss, a guy who has been with, Harbaugh, with a Harbaugh, not necessarily Jim, but been with Jib at Stanford and then John in, in Baltimore, a guy that if you named him a coordinator last year at a different, like at an NFL program, no one would have batted an eye. I think that Michigan's going to be fine, right? With him leading the charge, if he is indeed the candidate. Certainly they're saying there's other candidates, but it just seems like Matt Weiss is most likely the guy. All right, let's touch on some basketball here for a minute because we got a couple more minutes uh, before we uh, fully move on. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. Y'all know how much I love Built Bar. If you don't know what Built Bar is, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is high protein, low calorie, low carb. It is everything that you want. I can have two at a time, and I'm, I'm still not feeling like the glutton that I am because it's still less calories and higher protein than getting a Metrics Big 100, which used to be my go-to. I have bought dozens of boxes with my of my own money, of my own volition. So I am telling you, it is the right way to go. So join me on my, uh, I don't know, escapade. That's not the right word, but that's the word that comes to mind. Join me uh, in enjoying Built Bar by going to Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, let's finish out talking a little basketball. Uh, before we do, I do want to note that I, while I am live here this Monday night, uh, we all shows will not be live this week. So if some big news breaks on, say, Thursday or Friday, uh, we will address those next week because I, as said, am going out of town to visit my grandparents down in Florida. Thank you for those who have given your prayers. My grandpa actually has made a... I don't want to say huge recovery, but a great turn for the better, which is shocked the neurologists. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, I keep the prayers coming and I appreciate you, but uh, I will not have a live episode from on Thursday or Friday. Um, maybe not even Wednesday. So you will see me in this exact same outfit. I believe on Friday when I'm, cause I'm recording Friday's episode. Now Zuri, apparently if you're watching is joining us for this show right now, because she, is needy needs attention. But speaking of needs attention, I have not talked enough about Michigan basketball, perhaps because they aren't really killing it. Uh, but uh, Michigan went on the road to Purdue and it uh, did not, uh, it, the game didn't disappoint in the sense of it was a really good game, but uh, the Wolverines just couldn't get it done defensively. It's been a debacle. Uh, I 
to some degree, I think that it's fine against Purdue, who has the most efficient offense in the country. It was going to be really hard to slow them down. Uh, but uh, they they slowed them down a little bit on the perimeter. Uh, and certainly uh, they shot, like when Michigan didn't shoot very well at the beginning, they made up for it and shot very well uh, basically after the first four minutes. Hunter Dickinson had a beastly game. Uh, unfortunately, down the stretch at the very end, a couple costly turnovers, missed shot, uh, had a career high, I believe, of 28, and uh, really kind of put the team on his back. Still would like to see more from the bench. They played a lot better than they did the, the previous game. But, I mean, 11 points needs to be better. You need to get way more production out of the bench, especially considering this is the thing. is like You've got a guy who was a starter in Brandon Johns who's really not giving you much of anything. Terrence Williams seems like he comes in and does something here and there. We're starting, you know, we see a little bit of Frankie Collins. Kobe Bufkin had a three, um, and it seems like he's good for one of those a, a game. But it, it's crunch time now, especially because uh, you've got a game on Tuesday, you've got a game on Thursday, you've got a game on Saturday, you've got a game. I think it's Wednesday the next week. Um, it it all and, and there are a lot of tough opponents. Michigan's going to need to get some of those. Right, they can't keep, you know, having a jolly good effort, folks. You know, they they get they got to go out there and actually win some of these games that are coming up, and uh, it, it can be done. There's some some of them are at home. I mean, you got this Penn State game on the road on Tuesday. Uh, you've got uh, Purdue and Ohio State coming up. Uh, certainly, Ohio State's been very good. Purdue continues to obviously be good, but we'll see if that changes when they play them at home. They're gonna have to play them with that same energy. And try to go one and zero each game. It's I mean they 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 cannot sit there and and rest on their laurels, uh, not laurels because they don't have any this year. But they can't sit back and say, well, we're not very good. So I mean they can turn things around. It's just and you can see glimpses of it. You can see glimpses of Eli Brooks looking like a game changer. Devontae Jones. It seems like more and more is taking his own shot, getting into the lane, and making something happen. Uh, they they were very good at getting those contested shots inside in this last game, but the unfortunate thing is points in the paint. As as good of a job as Dickinson did on Edie, did not do nearly as good of a job on Travion Williams. So that battle is going to happen again this week. So they need to figure out some things. Um. All right. Well, that's going to do it for me today. But uh, I I don't know the order of which uh, these are all going to go. But here's the plan for the week, just to give you an idea. Uh, so we are going to have Matt Leach, my roommate. He's also on WTKA, the son of famed quarterback Rick Leach. He's going to join us to talk about the, the state of Michigan football and maybe basketball, depending on just where the conversation goes. Uh, he will be on this week. Jake Butt, we'll have an episode with Jake Butt. Was, he talks about the impact of everything. That'll probably be an earlier in this week. We're doing the mailbag on Wednesday. The qu- call for questions is already up on uh, Twitter. I'm recording it on Tuesday night, so please get those questions in. And uh, the show that's going to run on Friday that I'm going to record here momentarily is going to be about my own personal Michigan journey because sometimes uh, I feel like I, I get a lot of questions about how are you, where, where you're at. Well, you get, I get personal questions just about you know my life and all of that, of course. So uh, I'm going to kind of just share that in a uh, 20-something, 30-minute episode on Friday. Nice little easy listening situation. But anyway, 
Thank you for watching and or listening. We will be back on Tuesday. We're going to still have five episodes this week, but just remember some big news breaks on Thursday. It's going to be on, uh, it's going to be next week that you get it. So uh, get my reaction to it. So not necessarily timely, but family first. So anyway, thanks for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.